This is Live at Five with Glenn Curry. <laughs> Army where you shoot them a mile away, you gotta get up close like this, and bing, you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. <laughs> Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. <laughs> Learn it, know it, live it. Are you running a business or a charity war? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Uh, Yankees win! Pull over! No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. You a This is live at five. On a uh, Wednesday, uh, Hump Day Wednesday version of the Live at Five show. And no, we don't have Cliff only in here. Although I am envious. Uh, Cliff was in, of course, as everybody knows, or most of you, uh, in during the Hotline show today. And uh, well, you know, I had a little conversation with. Uh, I don't know what the heck we were talking about after Cliff left. Yeah, I like your style of the show, Glenn, but uh, we'll have to talk sometime. Uh, Got to get going right now. So, uh, so no, we didn't get uh, the prize man of the week, uh, council person uh, Cliff Only. He was on the Hotline show, and rightfully so, to talk to former mayor and the Hotline host uh, forever and ever, uh, Jeff Graham. Good stuff. I didn't hear all of it. I was busy again, but I'm glad he was uh, transparent. I do realize, and the one thing I, I didn't bring up yesterday, uh, which SG brought to my attention, it was discussed again today, that uh, you know Ken Mix is, you know, really he's he's been on borrowed time as it is. He wanted to retire. They kind of brought him out of uh, you know the woodworks. Uh, then COVID hit, um, but again, that said, I, I still stand by what I'm saying. And of course, uh, Attorney Sly and, and Jeff and other people make the comment that you know there is a main, there is a big, big reason for this. You don't walk away from something like this after so many years. Uh, other than, you know, the, the, what has been alleged to have been, you know, a, a morale issue or a continuing morale issue at City Hall. It's sad, but it's, it's what's going on right now. Uh, that said, dip, 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 dip. Something's clicking on my phone. Uh, so anyway, that was today. Uh, if you want to chime in about today's Hotline show or whatever is going on at uh, City Hall, uh, by all means, do so. In fact, I don't even know how many phone calls came through. Are we at a point in life, not just with respects to City Hall here and uh, the issues with the new administration since, since January 1st? And let's face it, this is the first time we've had in a progressive uh, a, a city council. No more than, I mean, this is the first time. You know, city council was established, like I said, under William Shepard in 1919. Officially took over, it was voted at least in 1919. The next year, 1920 rather, uh, it was initiated for the first time, uh, a managed system government, uh, where you have uh, uh, four council people and uh, one, one uh, mayor and a city manager, there, thus the title. Uh, so it's been a, a long, long time. But since that, you know, and I've been here for three decades at least, almost three and a half, and I have never seen it go this progressive. Um, you know, and so you know, the tides have turned, and uh, this, is, this is the world we live in right now. So it's not just with, with respects to the new city hall uh, environment. Uh, a lot of us are just uh, feeling uncomfortable about the world today 
And, for instance, I got a, a text from my, uh, my friend Liz. Sometimes you just get generalized text in relation to something. And by that I mean something that's been go- happened. Oh, did you see what such and such? Uh, and then you react to it. You're like, well, yeah, that's awful. But, no, I think my friend Liz today just said, uh, gave me a blank, like the world's gone, gone crazy. And I, I got the immediate, I had to ask her, was it something in particular? But it's, no, just, just, just what she reads in the New York Times. The New York Times, the Daily News. Sorry. So, uh, it, and the craziness. Because sometimes we're a glutton for punishment. And uh, Liz admits that she, not that, it's a, uh, not that it's a sin, but she subscribes to the New York Times. And she just doesn't know why. She just reads it and she just gets frustrated with it. You know, we've gotten to the point where a video, for instance, that I've been sharing with friends by way of text, I'm not sharing it on Facebook because I just don't want to, I, w- I don't want to be that guy. But there's a disturbing video of five or six, maybe seven women, and they're all dressed in what appears to be these, they almost look like, uh, what are those uh, characters from, from the British, uh, I forget what they were, but they're, they're, they're really tight outfits and they're, uh, they're bright, bright green. There's a color name for it. I'm just forgetting it right. Chartreuse. That's chartreuse. It's like a bright green. The, the green they use in uh, 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 green, green screens for, for the weather report or CGI effects. And uh, these seven or eight li- uh, women uh, from the hood, and I can only allege that based on their shapes and their bootay, are on a, uh, a New York City subway. And I'm sorry for saying that, but it's painfully obvious that what they're doing is that they're, just, you know, they're covering their, themselves up wearing these big outfits uh, and they're covering their heads, although one of them didn't. Like, you know, at this po- point, what does it matter? And they, ass- they purposely go out of their way to uh, you know, a- a surround and assault women, not men. They might graduate to men because all the men that were on the subway train in this particular video, and by the way, this just happened uh, within a week or so on a New York City subway train, uh, and they just assault women and they just knock them silly so they can take their whatever, whatever possessions they have. Obviously, their wallet. Uh, they've taken a lot of credit cards, needless to say, cash, uh, or, or any jewelry or watches that they're wearing. But it, it's hard to watch. Uh, and there's many reasons why it's hard to watch, because no one's doing anything about it. You know, the whole Kitty Genovese thing comes to play. And for those of you who don't know what I'm referring to, it's a, it's a landmark case that happened in the early 60s in Queens, New York, I believe in, uh, in Forest Hills, Kew Gardens area in an apartment complex where a man was assaulting a woman on and off again in the, in the uh, entryway to an apartment complex. Very similar to the apartment that uh, 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 Henry Hill goes in and out of in, the Good, in Goodfellas. It, every time I see that scene, I think of Kew Gardens, I think of Kitty Genovese. So what happened over the course of maybe one or two hours, uh, he would come back and assault this woman right in, right in the entryway, and nobody did anything about it. And uh, there's a psychological term for it, a sociology term for it, like whatever it is, but it means like, you know, no one reacts. Usually it takes a hero, one person, to react and other people might ensue. Same thing for, you know, a bad comic relief story or, 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 or a bad, you know, a bad show and someone claps, other people will clap. But until someone laughs or claps, no one will do anything. Now we're to the point, if you see the video that I'm referring to, uh, people just sit there and say, well, if it doesn't affect me, they're obviously uh, attacking women. So they're not attacking me, despite the fact that I'm a white male with, with a wallet and possessions. They're not going to do that. So I'm in the clear. I'm just literally one guy just continues looking at his phone. And others say, well, that's awful. Look at all the pansies on that phone. You don't know how you would react unless you're there. It, regardless of whether there's women doing it or men, it's still a gang-lang environment, uh, moment. And a lot of people just aren't up for it. You know, it's like they're, they're not going to you know, put their foot out. Who knows? They might have weapons or something. But it is hard to see. 
but here's my point, believe it or not. I look at something like that, and, and I think about it. I said, geez, if this came out, say, four or five years ago, before COVID, and certainly if I saw a video like this 10 years ago or 20 years ago, or certainly before the advent of smartphones and, and the Internet 30 years ago, I would, I would be outraged. I would say that this is the most significant video of its kind. Reckless behavior on a city subway, which I've ridden many times in my day, and I know it's a, it's a, it could be a horrible place. We all saw the movies. We saw Death Wish. And now these brazen women dressed in these ridiculous outfits, throwing around these other women. And yes, they were of you know white complexion, by the way, uh, around like rag dolls while no one did anything. You, that would be the most significant video of its day. Did you see that video? Could you believe that actually happened in this day and age? Now it happens in this day and age, captured on video, like so many other videos of looting, of people just getting beaten up for no reason by homeless people. It, it, we have become desensitized to all of this, where it has become no big deal. And then on top of that, we just get to the point where, I don't know if it's apathy, whatever you want to say, which is, what are we going to do about it? We kind of take on the SG uh, approach to it. Glenn, what are you going to do about Philadelphia? What are you going to do about Fetterman? What are you going to do about any of this? And I think that's, what's, what, that's what uh, the left wants. They just want you to be so inundated with it where it doesn't matter anymore. But if you say something di di disparaging about it on Facebook, or if you use the word, look at these animals, although people get away with that word, and I'm shocked that Mark Zuckerberg allows it still. But now I'm seeing more terminology. Now this whole, and this is, what, this is where I really think everything is going, I think the left just wants us to react. And I'm talking about white conservatives that, believe it or not, still look, and conservatives in general, it doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. And let me make that very, very clear, like Leon 2.0. I want to be very clear. This is something that every conservative should be very, very upset with. But at this point, we feel like we put our hands up in the air and we just don't know what to do. So my friend Liz sends me, uh, you know, this, 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 uh, you know, open check uh, uh, statement. The world's gone crazy. And I just, I know exactly what she's saying. She doesn't have to tell me a particular incident. The world has gone crazy. And, and again, like I said, if you saw that video years ago, you would feel that way. But now, no big deal. No big deal whatsoever. So let's open up the phone line 16 minutes after the hour. It is a Wednesday. As far, and here it is. I spent, what, how many, 10, 12 minutes already just blabbering on and on and on. I failed to mention that today might have been the greatest weather day in the history of time. I mean, I don't know what the temperature got up to. It doesn't really matter. It was just gorgeous. Just a slight, slight breeze. Beautiful sun. Blue sky. No wind. And here's the other thing. This time of year when you get a day like this, you don't have any bugs. We've got plenty of days like this in the summer, and God bless summers. But now we have days like this this time of year. There's no bugs that are getting in your face. No cobwebs that you're walking through. It was just a spectacular day. It is odd. As crazy as the world is, Mother Nature, despite the fact there was a major hurricane in Florida, seems to be at its utmost best. This was, despite the fact also that it was a very dry summer, it was just beautiful, tranquil. The lake barely moved this past summer. And I sense that, that that seemed to be the case all across the country. You know, we talk about global warming. We talk about end of days. And the world is on fire and we're all going to die. All that stuff. I, I don't see it. But what I do see is the world is on fire. And it's not Mother Nature. It's all about us. Something I saw the other day. The World's Fair. Was it the World's Fair? No, it was the Bronx Zoo. And there's a picture. You know how you go across those historic websites or Facebook groups back in the day, 
And uh, one picture was from the Bronx Zoo in 1962 or 63, somewhere uh, year, almost around the year when I was born. And it had, uh, uh, it had this display. And it said the most dangerous animal in the world. And you walked up to this display at the Bronx Zoo. And this is in the early 60s, 60 years ago. And, it, and it, well, you know what it was? It was a mirror. And I thought that was so, so creative. Because, it, you know, at the end of the day, we are the most. I mean, the elephants aren't going to press a button one day because there's a dispute in, in, in Ukraine. And they don't like the fact that they're being, you know, given supplies and weaponry and billions of dollars in support. And then, and then, uh, and then, and then, cut down the pipeline and the uh, and the and the and the sea there, and blame it on themselves. You know, elephants don't do that type of stuff. They don't start world wars. We do. So I, they were. Ver- that was a very poignant, especially at a very crazy time. Remember, it was 60 years ago this month. 60 years ago this month. What what, what happened this month? 60 years ago. That's October 1962. And, and that should tell you. That should speak volumes right there. Uh, it was the October Missile Crisis, and you barely, uh, 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 you know, no one utters a word because the left doesn't want you to know history. They don't care about history. They just want to make history from today going forward. And yes, it was 60 years ago this month that the uh, October Missile Crisis was going on between us and, and uh, uh, Khrushchev, and of course all the missiles that he was uh, he had planted down in Cuba were pointing in our direction. It was a crucial, horrible time. People older than me remembered. Uh, going underneath your desk as drills. Uh, today, kids don't have a, 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 the slightest iota about all that stuff. You know, what they do know, I got a phone call today from a concerned parent with two sons. Uh, I believe one of them's in fifth grade, and he's being what appears to be pressured to accept uh, the, the gay community in his, in his curriculum, in his day-to-day uh, classroom activity. And this is, a fa- this, this is someone in fifth grade, and she has a son two, th- uh, two grades, I think in the third grade, and, they, I mean, here's my point behind all this. Say what you want about the so-called agenda. It's very clear. And COVID clearly brought that to everyone's attention. Randy Weingarten, for instance, the, the bitch from hell, in my opinion. I, and I hate using that word, but she is. Uh, this, I, 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 this is really awful stuff, what I heard from this parent, uh, on how they're just forcing this issue on, in this case, oh, how old are you when you're, when you're in fifth grade? Ten years old? Eleven at best? Uh, Eleven years old. And, you know, I, growing up myself, and I know a lot of people my age and older and younger for that matter, you know, they never pushed anything as far as mom and dad and, and orientation or sex lives. But now they started that, and yet they started in this orientation. In other words, it, they're not talking about mom and dad. In fact, in many respects, they don't even want you to call them mom or dad anymore. And you've been reading up about that. But we never had anything like that. We had health class. We learned about reproduction. We learned, you know, an erect, whatever, an erect penis did when it was inside a vagina. We learned that stuff. It was awkward. We made jokes. But we did it typically around high school level where we, you know, mature enough to accept it as, oh, this is how babies are born, right? But now we're learning a lot more about lifestyles and orientation at the ripe old age of 10. And a lot of these parents, including the one that called me today, had no warning of it whatsoever. But she's fearful and like many other uh, parents, that when they speak up, that they're part of the enemy. And that's what they want. That's what they, of course, being the left, they want a reaction. They want to put the president up there in front of the Constitution Hall with red lights behind him and two, uh, and two uh, Marines standing tall, proudly. And they, 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 they want to piss off the MAGA society. 
so that maybe one of one some crazy bastard from a lower tier will go into a supermarket and do more atrocities. They almost want that because they want to put his face on everyone's face that supports conservatism and the former president of the United States. Now, some people would call in and say, that's awful. You're inciting violence and whatnot. I'm merely saying this. The more they push this agenda, the more some nutcase is going to react negatively. And that's what they want. They want that. So they can apply everyone's face to that individual. Someone was on the phone. I'm sorry I missed you. If you want to try to call in again, uh, by all means. Uh, by the way, bear in mind, we will be talking to uh, Joe Stanley at the bottom of the hour. In fact, it is Wednesday. And another thing I failed to mention was 22 minutes after the hour. Congratulations to Aaron Judge, number 99, uh, for reaching the milestone last night at 62. Uh, congratulations to him. And for the record, I'm glad he did it outside of New York. I know that sounds crazy. But when that kid caught the ball, I don't know if he's a kid. He's probably 30-something years old. When he caught the ball... In left field last night at uh, whatever stadium that is in Texas, they've been changing stadiums like water down there, it seems, them in Atlanta. Uh, I, I congratulate that guy for not giving the ball back, for realizing its value. Apparently, there's already a $2 million offer. Um, other people say he should cash, his, uh, cash in on it now because, in fact, the judge could hit his 63rd. Um, that doesn't matter. The 62 is more significant because it's literally the ball that beat Maris. So the 62 number is a golden number. So, but here's my point. When that guy caught the ball last night, he wasn't mobbed. And if that was in right field or left field of Yankee Stadium, that guy would have been knocked down before the ball even got close to him. I'm glad he caught it. I'm glad everyone was respectful of the fact that he caught, caught it cleanly. He didn't get his ribs broken or anything like that. It went cleanly into his glove and that he's going to reserve the right to keep the ball until he has an optimum uh, return on it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, these, these millionaire baseball players, yes, including Aaron Judge, despite the fact that he has created, he, is, he did great things this year, he will definitely be the MVP, deserves it, with or without 62 home runs. He can understand that when a ball goes into your glove in such a historic moment like that in Texas last night, you cannot give up that opportunity. You could say that you're an honorable man doing a noble deed and saying this isn't my ball, but at the end of the day, if you ever did that, you would be, you'd be questioning yourself years later. Hi, you're on the air. Hey, Glenn. How you doing up there in New York? So we're talking to Donnie. Donnie's been down in Florida helping people out. Donnie, where exactly, where, where are you now in Florida? Cape Coral. Okay, now how far is that from, uh, 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 I was going to say Lee Miles, uh, from uh, Fort Myers? Um, 10, 20 minutes. Okay, so you're definitely within the bad, bad uh, hurricanes. Well, about 20 minutes. Oh, yeah, it's ground zero here. So it's interesting. Every home, every home is damaged. Yeah, and I saw you were working on someone's house the moment you got there. So, Donnie, uh, is, is it worse it, when you're there than, it, than what we see on TV? Oh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty bad. Um, everything has to be brought in National Guard. There's every helicopter from every agency doing um, their type search right. patterns. Right. Um, it's, it's really a devastation area. It's, it's really bad. People are still without power. We've been without, without power. We've been running on generators. Right. Um, so how? Where are you? Yeah. Well, are you living in a car? Where are you staying while you're down there? The house I work on. <laughs> really? You right in that? Does that house have? We're, a, we're all just camping. Yeah, we're just all just camping out here at the house. Isn't? That, do you know these people? Do you? Uh, what brought you down yeah, to where you they're are? From Watertown. Are they really? <laughs> so Donnie, yeah. let me ask you because you got a bad uh, connection. I'm surprised you have any connection, which is good. Right. Uh, and then I got to get yeah. going a little bit. But let me ask you. 
Um, you know, do you see yourself as, as maybe being a, a, a I mean, because you got you have a skill. You you know how to pick up a piece of wood and put it on a house and nail. A, right. uh, do you think you you, you got to stay down there? Well, um, I do have some plans to talk to somebody about going on to uh, another place and staying down here for a little while. I mean, yeah. I haven't hired out the details yet, but right. I wouldn't be upset if I had stayed down here in the spring. Well, geez, we might be losing. We lost Donnie for a little bit when he went to Governor, and then he found some dude in his basement, and then he moved to Adams. Now he's down in Florida. So, uh, I mean, if you don't mind me asking, are you getting compensated for this, or is this just room and board? You're yeah, doing this? No, I'm, I'm getting. Yeah, so, okay, so you know, here's the thing. Uh, you know, from what I understand, you're the area that you're in. That's going to take years to rebuild. Years yeah. to rebuild that. Uh, yes. So, so Donnie, I mean, probably a decade. We don't. Yeah, we don't want to lose you. But man, this this might be you know, this this might be your calling, right? I mean, uh, I'm open to the opportunity to stay down here, um, but you know, if I come back a little sooner, that's okay too, I guess. Well, of course, but uh, you know, you got to go where, you know, your heart obviously was there enough to do what you're doing now. But uh, let's face it; I mean, you know, the, the job opportunities after such a horrible event like this are, are endless. And it's and it is Florida. It's a growth state. So, you're a young guy, and financially, yeah. you, you could start. You know, one day you'll buy your own house, find your own flat Earth g- girlfriend, and uh, <laughs> have flat Earth kids, and then start a whole new Donnie Empire down there in uh, in a sandbar to call Florida. Good for you, Donnie. Right. So I mean, it's um, anybody else just thinking about coming down? Just bring everything you need and. Uh Bring as much material and all the help you can because every single house is damaged yeah. just about. I don't think I've seen one house that's going to have damage. Oh, I'm sure. If I were you are. Well, Donnie, listen, i got to go. i got to get this commercial break right, in, but thanks, keep, it, keep us up to date. That's uh, Flat Earth Donnie, future Florida resident. Uh, and why not? All right, got to do a break. We'll be back. Roof looking old. Call you back. Hey, the other big story, uh, of course, continues, and I don't know if it was brought up in today's uh, Highline show. But uh, P.J. Simeo, a well-known businessman from Watertown, back in the news. But for a different topic, he's willing to put up the, uh, the old uh, firehouse there on Lower Arsenal Street as a homeless shelter or a place for the home. I don't know how to term, uh, use, you know, what terminology to use there. Uh, this according to Channel 7's uh, uh, news site here. The owner of a Watertown building is willing to work with a local group to help the homeless find a warm place to stay this winter. Um, and here's all right. Someone's calling in. Right, this this might be. And I'm going to use this as a topic. If this is Joe, hi, is this Joe? Hi, you're in the air. Hello. Hi, what's happening? Oh, oh, okay. All right, I got some questions for you, but I'm not going to wait for your answers. The, uh, all right, wait, wait, let me. Wait, tell you, wait, wait, call me up after. Wait, wait. All right. Hi, is this Joe? Yes, it's Joe. Hi, Attorney Joe Stanley, how you, how you doing? I'm good. How about you? Good, 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 good. Uh, Joe, you know, first of all, uh, just to let you know, uh, this year it, we're running ads, uh, TV ads and radio ads. This is apropos because the music for the mission is exactly for those who need it most. And, you know, you have used musical events. We've done the Rocky Horror Picture Show, other musical events up here uh, to attract people to donate either canned goods or food, whichever. Uh, but, boy, Joe, I've been living up here for 34 years, and COVID, uh, you know, did a lot of things. It exposed a lot of things. 
and a big, big, I guess you, we, people commonly refer to it as a flop house, but many uh, uh, places where the homeless or the, the dire, if you will, uh, would reside uh, on a day-to-day basis have either burned down or have been, you know, uh, condemned because they're just not inhabitable. Uh, and now it's posi- now it's posing a big, big problem. Not today as much as what it's going to be like once the first. I mean, we're going to get a frost tonight at 29 degrees today up here in the North Country, probably for the five hours uh, between uh, midnight and five o'clock. That's cold, especially if you're homeless. I've been here a long time, Joe. I've never seen homeless people on the streets like I do now. And uh, a well-known businessman is proposing a plan to use one of his buildings, and hopefully they can turn that around because it needs a lot of work. But, I mean, again, this isn't a legal question, mind you, but it has all to do with music for the mission. Is this a growing problem down in central New York as well as it is up here after COVID? Well, yeah, homelessness has always, homelessness has always been a problem, Glenn, and it, you don't necessarily have to see it, but I, I think it's, it's just a question of, you know, Sometimes the forgot became more forgot during COVID, and uh, it's you know it, it, it's an issue because it, it's so expensive. Even if you have you know an employment, you may not be able to afford a rent because everything has gotten so expensive. Uh, so yeah, it, it, you know, food insecurity and, and homelessness is not anything new, and you know. Getting worse, obviously, is not a good thing, but it's been around. It's been a big problem for a long time. COVID just made it worse. Yeah, it did. And, and, and not for nothing, COVID and the rules that came from, as a result of COVID, where people didn't have to pay rent, I thought that enabled people to do bad things by walking away from their responsibility when COVID uh, was, was done. Uh, we were handing out good money, giving it to people that really couldn't manage it that well, weren't responsible enough. To, to, this is my opinion, mind you. And now we're seeing the results of all that I, up here. Like I said, I, I've never seen literally people living in a pavilion in a parking lot. Uh, you know, you and I, we've been talking about music for the mission and the er, local urban center. And the statistics would always show, despite the fact that people didn't necessarily, you didn't necessarily see people living in the streets like you do in New York and Philadelphia and other big cities, that they were living in people's houses on their couch or in the back of a van and whatnot. Now we literally see them, like I said, in a pavilion in a parking lot in abandoned homes. Uh, We're talking about human lives here, many of which have either mental illness or the inability or the, you know, they just don't have the desire to take care of themselves in many respects. But, uh, geez, this, this isn't good for society, Joe. Uh, where do we go from here, or are there any fast answers? Because the weather's not going to stay this warm for good, forever. Well, I mean, we've been talking about solutions for a long time, but, the, you know, very hard to implement them because people who are at the low end of the spectrum with food insecurity or homelessness don't have any political power. And so, uh, you know, it's hard to move that needle. And when it becomes, you know, the problem is when it gets so bad and people are complaining about it, it's already way too late. Right, right. So I, I know, you know, in California, they've, you know, that's where people know they're going to be homeless. And they haven't had a terrible problem for right. forever. right. Right. And it always, it always got worse because if you're homeless, might as well be in California. Right. Or Florida, for that matter. 
Right, where, where uh, you, you live on the streets for every day of the year. You're absolutely right. And they've tried all sorts of solutions, but, you know, I, I guess the best solution is, is, and we've had it, full employment. The problem is that you have people with, you know, mental illness or other health conditions with disabilities. And, right. And you don't, you don't take care of them at the onset. You just pile them on top of each other. Right. It just becomes a problem. Yeah, well, which is yeah, another reason why people should come see Rocky Horror Two Nights this year. It's a little plug, by the way. Along with the movie that was made right here called Brain Hunter, Two Nights at the uh, Black River Drive-In. Uh, and again, just uh, sh- have fun, watch the show, and donate what you can, not just the cost of the ticket. Because now I think people are more and more, you know, people always know that, yeah, there, there are some people on the, on, the ba- on the wrong side of the tracks, Joe, economically. Uh, but now it seems like people are more and more aware of it. Uh, than ever before. But shift, shifting gears, last week, you and I, and we've talked about this uh, forever, about you know uh, uh, flood insurance. I saw a staggering statistic yesterday of people, not necessarily, I mean, a, a, a lot of the people that were afflicted by Hurricane Ian, only 30% of the household owners and, 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 and businesses had flood insurance, Joe. How does that happen? I know you said, yeah, that, what is that all about? I saw that same number, and you know, it's because people are cheap. They yeah. don't, you know, it's not going to happen to me, and they don't want to pay it. And if, they, if your mortgage, you know, you're not in a flood zone where your mortgage company requires flood insurance, people just don't buy it. How it, it's too expensive? Don't need it. It's yeah. never going to happen. Right, right. I mean, okay, if I'm living on a mountain somewhere in Montana or Nevada, Utah. I'm probably going to take that route because, like so many people, you're going to cut corners. But when you live in Florida, especially if you're living right near the water, Joe, it's just it's insanity. How much would it cost on average? I think you've given me these numbers before. But let's just say a house in Fort Myers, a mile away from the shore, uh, 3,500 square feet. How much would that cost, in your opinion, for flood insurance? I'm guessing probably 1500 maybe $2,000. All right. Okay. And again, that's a that's more than I thought. That's a lot of money, and uh, and again, we're paying out a lot as it is. But thirty percent. So what happens now? Seventy percent of people with damage. What right. do they, what do they do? We are well. You know, you know the, the people who never want government bailouts want government bailouts now because those people who don't want to give anything to anybody else, but they want the government to give them money because of their bad decisions, but when other people have bad decisions, they won't want to give it. So, you know, wow. it's, it's a total commentary of what we have in you know, the country. Right. You know, we don't want to help others until we want to help ourselves. Do people have that in the back of their yeah, mind? Yes. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it, it, could, you know, it goes both ways. A lot of people might look at that as like, oh, you, you know, you're right. I mean, you know, gov- the government is there for both, regardless of your political allegiance, that's for sure. But, you know, some other people say, well, I don't have health insurance, but if I really need to go to an emergency room, uh, they're going to have to take care of me. Do, do people have that mindset, well, I'll save $1,500, but at the end, if I really need it, the government will come to my aid? Yes, I think they do. Yeah. I mean, they don't believe it's ever going to happen. Right. A, not going to happen to me. Right. B, if it does, somebody will bail me out. So now, I guess they'll, again, how long is it, I mean, if you're living in a house that just got five feet of water right up to the, you know, the fourth, uh, uh, almost to the second floor of your home, or is it completely wiped out of all of your drywall, your electricity, your gas, you can't live in this house. 
uh, are we talking about a massive homeless problem until they're bailed out down there in these uh, areas afflicted by it, like like Fort Myers, or or are they going to make exception and you know put them up in hotels as part of you know a, a way of, of of helping people in this situation? I mean, I I know we had the dry, the ice storms up here, but I can't imagine you know not having a home or a business for more than thirty days. Where do you draw the line with stuff like this, Joe? Or can you? Wow, you remember with Katrina and the other big hurricanes, they were living in tent cities and mobile homes for years. Right. They don't get rebuilt in a day or even in a year. Right. Oh, boy. It, it, it poses. You know, yeah. It, it, Go ahead. Yeah, the government, you know, the government's got to come up with the money. They, it's about not as much as you would like, but right. it doesn't come right away. So it's just, I mean, again, I don't like any more go- rules or government than anyone else, Joe. But, you know, when it comes right down to it, I mean, they, they, you know, we're being told eventually we can't have electric, uh, gas-powered this. We can't have gas-powered that. I mean, should it come down to the point where if you lived in areas like Florida or on the coastal uh, portions of North Carolina and, and uh, uh, you know, Texas and whatnot, would it be a requirement that you have some type of uh, flood insurance as a mandate? Like, it's got to be a necessity, Joe? Well, again, if in places that are highest flood risk, you have to have flood insurance if you live on one of those barrier islands. Stuff. You have to have flood insurance if you have a mortgage because the banks won't give you a mortgage because they want their money protected. Sure, makes sense. The problem is, is that you, you, have to, you would have to expand the definition of where it was required, right. and that would ensure that probably 70 or 80% of the people had it because banks right. banks required it. Right. Yeah. You have to have it. Well, I just think that history definitely proves that if you live on an island like uh, Puerto Rico or if you live on the tip of uh, Florida... And it might not be an, an event that happens every year. And in this case, this was this is a hurricane that uh, that DeSantis said was a 100 year or 500. You just have to assume it's tomorrow, and you got to bite the bullet. I know that's easier said than done. Like you said, a lot of people say it's not going to happen to me, but there's a lot of regretful people living in the Florida area that wish they had made that decision. Uh, so uh, who knows where? Yeah, we go it's from. like California. It's not like having not having uh, earthquake insurance in California. It's the right. Same thing. Exactly. It's not going to happen. That's right. When it does, it's too late. It's way too late, yeah. And who knows when that's going to happen. They haven't had a major one out there, thank God. Joe, great stuff. I'll, I'll update the, date you more and more about what's going on with the show. Uh, we thank Lauren, by the way, at the Black River Drive-In. We really appreciate his help. This would be our third year there. Uh, but, Joe, when people need to get in contact with you or any one of your associates, how can one do that, sir? Sure, stanleylawoffices.com is our website. My email is joe at stanleylawoffices.com. The phone number is 1-800-608-3333. Joe, thank you very much. You have a good week. We'll talk to you next Wednesday. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks, Joe. That's uh, Attorney Joe Stanley. And now we have somebody on the line. Hi, you're on the air. Yeah, hello. Uh, The deadliest mammal in Africa? Yeah. (laughs) Is the hippopotamus. Oh, really? Okay, and I said elephant earlier. Yeah, but it's the I want to elephant rhinoceros. Right. It's the hippopotamus they been, hmm. and um, the deadliest creature in the whole world. Yeah, it's the mosquito. Mosquito, okay, because it was responsible for so many. Diseases, right, yeah. right, exactly. That millions okay. of people have died. Thank you, my friend. Great for bringing that up. Uh, we brought up earlier about the the uh, uh, the Bronx Zoo had a, a exhibit where it said the most dangerous man in the world, or animal, excuse me, in the world, and it was a mirror. Interesting. 
Hi, you're on the air. Uh, good afternoon, uh, Mr. Curry. What's happening? Um, I was listening to the hotline today. I didn't get on until uh, 1226, and yeah. Cliff only was on. Yeah, of course. Yeah, great show. And, uh, it was a, I, I, the, I have to say, the guy, uh, Mr. Only, uh, handled objections. He handled questions. He answered every question, as far as I can tell, truthfully. Yeah. And, you know, when you hear these ads about these um Politicians, they say, "Well, we're going to be a fighter. We're going to be a watchdog, and right. we're going to have we're voting for change." Right. Well, what's Cliff only doing? He's a he's watchdog, and he's for- voting. He's working for change. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But yeah, some, I, some people very very yeah. Well, people some, prom- right? No, no. But some, the the argument the argument is is that he's micromanaging, and that he's doing too much in too little time. Um. Okay. Okay. Where is it written that he can't? Uh, everything he, he handled. He talked about going up on the roof. He talked about. Uh, uh, you know, different things. He says, "Where I see a problem, yeah. I, I go after." What What is wrong with that? Is there Is there some place written that you're supposed to? I think they didn't get him to the room, or they didn't send him a memo on how to act after uh, he became a a, 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 a councilman. Well, yeah. uh, I think I think um, he he brought up some good points, but but this is what they all vote. They say, "Well, I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that," and then they get in the office. And they go in the corner with a crayons and crap coloring books right. and and color. Right. No. And, and, and by the way, we see that at, at you know in, at the city level and at all levels, people are just more than yeah. happy to be you know to win. And then as well, once you win, you become an incumbent. More than likely, you just you'll get support from your party two years later, four years later, and that you'll have that job forever. Uh, and well, yeah, I agree with you. But well, there's another, there's two other little. Quick, quick point. I'll make it quick. Yeah, go ahead. You talk about a disruptor. He's, he's well. He's a disruptor like Trump. Yeah. Well, but what about Trump's policies? Nobody wants to talk about one point two percent or to one point four percent inflation. Right. Two dollar gas. Two dollar gallon gas. Sure. Gas and fuel independence throughout the world. Right. Our border. Our crime. Right. Um, I mean. Um, and we're living on two or three hundred years, uh, three to three to five hundred years worth of oil. Right, uh, right, exactly, uh, and and then some. Yeah, yeah. But he's a disruptor. He 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 can't be allowed. He, uh, Again, yeah, he I I agree with you. And here's my uh, here's my angle on that. And I think I I brought this up last week. Alan Dershowitz, a well-known elitist, a one a man who does who has gone out of his way to say he is not a Trump supporter. But if there's one person right. who knows more about the Constitution, it's 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 Alan Dershowitz. And he defends what Trump has done simply based on the rule of the law, uh, of, of, the, of the law of the land, excuse me, uh, and that being the Constitution. And yet his own people, the, Mar- uh, the Martha Vineyard's type, uh, Martha's Vineyard type, would say, why do you do this for Donald Trump? And it says, because it's the Constitution. And their answer, in so many words, is, well, it doesn't apply to him. And you know why they say that? Because they're embarrassed by him. They should be yeah. embarrassed by the current administration, but they're not. They should be embarrassed by John Fetterman, particularly with the story when he was chasing an African-American down the block with a shotgun. And somehow or other, although that's, that's ludicrous uh, for something like that to happen outside uh, Atlanta, which ended tragically, by the way. But somehow or other, this one guy, John Fetterman, he can get away with it because he's not as embarrassing as Dr. Oz is. So no matter what you say, uh, Donald Trump brought everything to the table, exposed so much, and you just brought those points up about gas, about this, that, and the other thing, and yet they, they still felt uncomfortable. They'd rather live in a, an environment that we're in right now because it makes us uncomfortable well, and it purges out the establishment. That's us. Go ahead. In a way, uh, that's what Cliff only has done. It's a Watertown. 
He is no, the, the Donald other... Trump of Watertown. I would agree with you there. Yeah, I, he, he yeah. definitely is. Uh, he's, he's a squeaky wheel, that's for sure. Go ahead. I don't, I don't necessarily, until we get to the fiscal aspect of it, I agree with uh, Mayor Smith, and I agree with uh, Mayor uh, Graham. Yeah. But uh, we got we got to be uh, fiscally uh, fiscally responsible. Right, right. Now, the other thing is, um, I heard over the weekend, um about the the ruffle or the uh, ruffle or the thing up in St. Lawrence County with uh, Susan Duffy and then uh, Walt's yeah. involvement and uh, Meredith George's involvement and and yeah. uh, his disloyalty to the Republican Party and um, I really think that um, he needs uh, uh, now he doesn't now Matt Dohoney, no he doesn't know anything about this but I think he should be written in as um, uh, as a write-in candidate. Against Mark Walton, what is what are you? I'm I'm missing out on some of this. Why do you feel that way? What I feel that way is is proven. Uh, the well, it goes back a couple months when Selden was here. Uh, we were up to the uh, yeah, right. That's where I met you. Yeah, yeah. And um, but what I'm saying is, uh, uh, Duhini or not Duhini, uh Wallacek has not been loyal to the Republican Party, and certainly Duhini has proven himself to be very loyal. Yeah. At least to the, the party, right. and um, right. uh, I mean, they're, they're running things, aren't they? And uh, but right. why why is he being reprimanded? Uh, and it, it really bothers me. I really wonder. There's two sets of rules, and he seems to be, uh, as the mayor said one thing, he's a Svengali. and um, uh, Svengali, like uh, like the creep the creepy guy from uh, from uh, uh, Me TV on Saturday nights. Am I getting well, that right? Mar- well, I mean, the uh, uh, no, not Svengali. Spin. Oh, spin! I thought it was Svengali. Oh. I missed that. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and, well, it, it was a play from 1894, but it got popular around 1920, and it has to do with a person who was able to mesmerize or, yeah. or condition people or tell people what they uh, what they, what they what they're going to do. And right. he he seems to be he seems to have the golden um, interesting. Uh, you're, you're saying that Mark is a wolf in sheep's clothing. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Interesting. I mean, I mean, I mean. Again, I, I like Mark and whatnot, and I'm not, I'm not uh, up on what this gentleman is talking about. But one thing I can say is, Mark's timing in the political field, right from the get-go, and he earned every bit of it. But you got to admit, there's a lot of good timing, a lot of luck in politics, and and a lot of oh, that's yeah. on Mark's side. Uh, and I think Mark would be the first one to acknowledge that. Uh, but uh, everyone, you know, when when Matt Doheny threw his hat in the ring for for state senator, it's like, well, that that's a good fit well, right hours. there. Yeah, and then a couple well, of hours later. Uh, you know, of course, yeah. Congresswoman Elise Stefanik, I didn't agree with her on this at all. Uh, just uh, vilified him right on the spot. And it was very, uh, it's well, a, to me, very awkward. From what I, well, it's very awkward what's going on up in uh, St. Lawrence uh, County, from what I understand. So, uh, yeah, sure. With Duffy and all that. And uh, uh, I'm just saying, no, there's no competition. There's no. Yeah. Um, running uh, on a post. Yeah, running on a post. And why not, why not write in Matt Doheny? He wanted it, and he does now. He doesn't know that I'm saying this. Okay, I no, want to no, I clarify that. Yeah, I understand. Okay. Yeah. This is off the clock. Sure. But yeah. uh, off the clock. Not driving. Right. He's very, he's very loyal to the party, and uh, I've been good, a good party man. But uh, yeah, he has. Um, Some more dude. You know why not write his name in? I Interesting. Mean, you know? Well, here we have. I mean, first of all, just for the record, uh, and I'm in the sales department here. Uh, so we have yet to see any type of radio advertising for any of the, any of the Senate races so far. Uh, of course, that one being uh, the Mark uh, Walzik uncontested race. 
uh, nor have we seen anyone that would actually put in the, any type of dollars towards their own grassroots campaign to write them in. So officially at this point, you are the first mention of the state Senate race here just in the last couple of seconds. And I mean that, my friend. You are the beginning of the well, campaign by proposing a plan or a suggestion, I should say, to have people I should call Mark right now for equal time because now he has a competitor thanks to you. An opponent, opponent, I should say. Sorry. Oh, I, I, you know what? I know, take me to the corner and beat me up. Okay? Well, I, no, no, <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. There has been not one iota of a mention of that particular race. We've talked about uh, 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 assembly races. By the way, the debate happened today, uh, Channel 7. That's going to be out tonight, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So look for the Duffy Gray debate tonight. Uh, and we've heard about the sheriff's race. We've heard about uh, a couple of the judges have come in here, although one of them hasn't called back. And uh, he claims he's going to win. We'll have to see if that happens. But uh, um, but no. But now you just brought in uh, the the for the first time the the state senate race. So that's good. I'm glad you did. One thing. Uh, one more thing. Yeah. Uh, 1962. I was uh, very much alive in 1962. Yeah. And uh, I remember the Cuban Missile Missile Crisis, right. and then there was the Bay of Pigs before that, a year before that. Right. The Bay of, uh, yeah, Bay of Pigs. There are two topics I wrote about. It was in the book uh, Irving L. Janis's book. Victims of Group Think. Right. And 19, he, he, um, he wrote that book in 1971. I, uh, anyway, I, I know quite a bit about this. And sure, sure. Anyway, I didn't know this till years later, and I think most Americans did it. When they traded, when, when um, Russia, or no, excuse me, Soviet Union, when Khrushchev backed down, yeah. we, we didn't know this, but uh, the United States gave up, I can't remember the site, uh, gave up uh, missiles or gave up something someplace else in the world, hmm. uh, our standard. At the same time, we thought it was just well. Kennedy was strong, and right. he backed them up. There was a, it was a, it was a tip for tat. So, thing. in other words, some yeah. missiles that we might have had in West Germany at the time, or East Germany, I, or right on the I, right on the Berlin Wall, for that matter. I, I, I don't know. I don't, but several years later, before we found out that uh, part of the deal was that we would leave uh, a, a leave a, a place of, of standing or where, where we at. So, in other words, there were. <laughs> Here I go again. There, there was a compromise, is what you're saying. Oh yeah, but yeah. It, it made it sound like it was all Kennedy. And well, of course. Cuban yeah, and yeah. Like and that. we won World but, War II, which we did. But we did have some help. Yes, from, believe it or not, as as horrible as they were, the Red Army was instrumental in taking Hitler down too. Of course, Hitler was his oh, own yeah. worst enemy. But we rarely mention them. Of course, they say they're exclusive to the victory. Then, of course, we know differently. But not to mention, we yeah. also liberated the South Pacific. What a country we are. Without us, the world would suck, and now we're paying well, the price. And it's up by our own people, amazingly enough. Go ahead. Um, President Biden and uh, Nancy Pelosi both said months ago that uh, the, the uh, North Stream yeah. uh, pipeline, right. there would be a on Well, now there's not. Yeah. Now, now, yeah. did we do, now, according to what I'm hearing, yeah. now, I don't know for yeah. sure. Tucker Carlson. Blank, Secretary of State. Yeah. Uh, um, on Friday, just as well, gave it up that we yeah. did it. Yeah, yeah, he did. That was on Tucker last or two nights ago. You're absolutely right. He basically admitted that we took uh, took it out, and of course, we've been blaming the Russians. Of course, that's their money line to begin with, which is why that would be in in, in guys' terms, fighting words. Which is why, and not to mention the billions of dollars we give to Zelensky and his army, uh, yeah. and that that now uh, Putin is transporting uh, uh, nuclear missile ha uh, missiles. Uh, to the closer to the uh, Ukrainian border, we are on the cusp of 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 a major major confrontation, and Nord Stream could be the deciding factor. It could be the the Lusitania. It could be 
uh, the uh, 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 Duke Ferdinand. Uh, it could be the Pearl Harbor that led to right. a catastrophe. We right. don't know that yet, but yes, it's true. Let me ask one question. Yeah. Do you think, because uh, I've said, and my, my friends I hang around with, yeah. uh, radical people, um, said the October surprise yeah. could be a, like a, uh, well, they've, they've been talking about nuclear uh, uh, tactical weapons in uh, Ukraine, and and uh, he's deflected his muscle, but we have been flexing our muscle. I mean, Biden wants a war. Right, right. I don't know. No one wins that they, war, though. I don't get it. No one wins that war. No. For one thing, they'll say it was emergency uses, or they'll say emergency. Well, we can't have an election November 8th. Right, right. We, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I don't point. know. Interesting. Who knows what's going to happen between now and November 8th yeah. to cause an emergency, yeah. to have emergency powers that uh, we can't have an election? Or, yeah. well, and uh, that would preserve their power. power. And that, that would preserve their power in Congress that they desperately, yeah. desperately need. Because just like uh, uh, Senator Chuck Schumer said two years ago, almost to the day, that now we are going to transform America, but they need two more years. Yeah. So here's that October surprise. What Listen, does that mean? Ah, uh, well, yeah. we're finding we're that out. They just ran out of time. They couldn't. They couldn't stack the uh, the the the, uh, the Supreme Court, and they couldn't add Puerto Rico as a state. So they need more time. So that's who you said. Listen, friend, I gotta go. I gotta do a break. Then I gotta get out of here. But thank you, my friend. Thank you very much. Good call. We gotta be back. Meet Matt Costelli. He's not from here. A far left downstate Democrat. Look at your vehicle today. All right, we're back. Thanks for that call. Good call. Got uh, exactly one minute left in today's show, so I can't take a call at this point. Someone was chiming in earlier. I apologize. Uh, but uh, good show. It always, it's always a good show, needless to say. Uh, talk about a little bit of this, a little bit of that. SG went on vacation apparently today. He didn't bark at me at all. Bark, bark with the moon. Good conversation also with Attorney Joe Stanley. Uh, up next, of course, CBS News, followed by... Who's on after that? I don't even know anymore. It's not It's not Hannity. His last hour we cover. Oh, actually, I should know this. Hannity's final hour. You can hear Hannity, what he said during the hour that I just took up. It's been that way for a very, very long time. Uh, but uh, so Hannity has his show on after this. Uh, so tomorrow, nobody here. What we talk about, obviously, we just kind of like, you know, go with the flow. And, uh, and it, we keep it as local when necessary, but we talk about national and international uh, issues that are going on, particularly what's going on in Ukraine. It seems like uh, the media is forgetting about that. AM 1240, WE10, Watertown, Mixus Legal, up next, CBS News. This is CBS News on the Hour.